And welcome to the ninth episode of Basha's Thoughts. Today I'd like to talk about what is your greatest contribution to the world? How do you find that? How do you know what that is? Well, this is like reaching your highest potential. How do you reach your highest potential? How do you give the best of you? So there's actually a squirrel that got me to think about this. <laughs> the other day I watched a video about a flying squirrel. This was a tiny squirrel that was being brought up by a family, but the family was a family of humans and some other pets. I don't really recall the, if it was a dog and there might have been a rabbit. And the flying squirrel was starting to grow and it was starting to get some of its impulses. So as a squirrel, it really liked to jump and it started to jump. And now and then it would open its wings a little bit, but then it would close them back down. So it never got to actually fly. And the squirrel interacted with the humans and seemed to enjoy it. It was interacting with the other animals as well, also enjoying it. But then something happened. The family took him to meet another flying squirrel. And as they met, it didn't take long before they became best friends, the two little squirrels. And as they became friends, they started to develop all of the things that are innate to them. They started to learn how to fly and they would play in many different ways, in ways in which the little squirrel had never been able to play with anyone else. They were running and jumping and flying. None of his other beings who were friends had ever done anything like that or had ever inspired him to do anything like that. So it wasn't until he basically learned that he is a squirrel, a flying squirrel, that he was able to fully reach his highest potential as a flying squirrel, and he learned how to fly. So learning who we are seems to be an important path when it comes to realizing our highest potential and being able to give our greatest contribution. But what does it mean to learn who we are? Well, you can look at that from very different perspectives. I mean, you can see yourself on the family level. And so maybe you see yourself as the daughter of someone or maybe you're the brother of someone else and you play that role. Or maybe you look, and in society, well, maybe you are a bread baker, and then you play that role. And this is great. And you can go even deeper and start exploring parts of yourself. But the thing is that when you identify with that, when that becomes a part of who you are, and you identify with only that, well, then you're kind of selling yourself a little bit short. 
Because if you are only a bread baker, maybe you have some other talents that you never knew about, and you limit yourself to just being a bread baker, and you never learn how to actually fly like the squirrel, because you've already decided that you're a human being or a dog, or and that's your world, and that's how you choose to experience your world, because your beliefs will usually limit your experiences. What you believe, you will tend to manifest. Identification can be a little bit tricky. Okay, so if you want to know deeper, so maybe you explore your personality. So who are you as a person? And as you explore your personality, that can actually be really liberating because then you will find out that the things that you thought were so innate to you are not actually all that innate to you. Very often you will find that you tend to do things because of perhaps certain defense mechanisms that you have developed. And your way of interacting with the world will usually be based on some of the traumas that you went through when you were a baby and a little child. And these traumas then set up a set of defense mechanisms that you then see as a part of who you are and your personality. But as you learn to identify these, and as you learn to see them, you realize, well, they are not me. And so, even though they may be pretty set in your body, you can even enjoy it and have fun because you might be able to see when these thought patterns, for instance, come up and you see them coming up and you're able to just laugh them off. Wow, look at that. It's coming up again. My first reaction to this is that of my defense mechanism. Ha! And then you can choose. And then you're no longer hijacked by your defense mechanisms. You can choose something else. And then you realize, well, you know what? I am not my defense mechanisms. I have them, but this is not exclusively me. There's something deeper. And so you might go deeper. And as you go deeper, you realize that who you truly are are the intangibles of this world, you could say. You are the presence. You are the one who is experiencing everything. You are the awareness that is experiencing everything. You're not the experiences. But of course, you are the experiences as well. You are the defense mechanisms as well. You are the bread baker. You are the sister. You are all of that. But what's the key here? What's the point here? Well, one of the keys is to realize that it's not you. You are not any one particular thing and not to identify with it. Because when you stop identifying with any role you're playing, you can actually play the role 
in a much fuller way. And here we're coming back to realizing your highest potential and bringing forth your greatest contribution. Imagine, for instance, an actor, a really good actor on the stage who is about to die in a big scene. Well, that actor can actually be fully enjoying his death scene because he knows that he is not threatened. He's not actually dying. It's just a role he's playing. So when you realize that you are the intangible that makes everything possible, then you realize that you cannot be threatened. You become fearless. Illumination in the end is about that. The fully illuminated person is not a person. They don't identify as a person and they are completely fearless because there is no threat. Nothing can touch them in any way. And as you become more and more fearless, you become less and less hijacked by your programs, by your defense mechanisms. And then you can let shine forth whatever comes from the deepest of you shine and that is going to be your highest potential which you can then realize fully in this material world even and why can you realize it better because you're not identifying with that role that you're playing and so you cannot be threatened and so you can allow yourself to fully be who you are you can allow yourself to fully be the flying squirrel if that's who you are at the moment or that human being that may be listening to a podcast and you can enjoy it and you can fully be present because when you're hijacked by your defense mechanisms, you're usually taken away from the present moment, which is what is real. It's the only thing that is ever real. So by going down the path of learning who you are, you will learn to stop identifying uniquely with the role you're playing and actually it may seem contradictory but you will actually be able to fully live that role in a fuller extent why because nothing will be able to threaten you in any way and so you won't be hijacked you will be able to be you see you and live that. If you look at some other religions, uh, you might look at other philosophies like Buddhism, for instance. It's really interesting. In Buddhism, you have the ten paramis. It's the ten perfections or the ten qualities 
that you are advised to develop because they lead to awakening. And as an awakened being, you become free of suffering. So they lead to freedom. And these paramis, these qualities, these perfections, uh, they are things like uh, generosity, virtue, truthfulness, you have love, loving kindness, you have equanimity. And it's really interesting because you're meant to practice them and develop them in such a way that it liberates you. That's the key. So you cannot practice them and start working on them just to work on them. Let's take, for instance, generosity. So if you want to become a more generous person and you decide to practice generosity, let's say, by giving money to someone, if in the act of giving you do not feel greater liberty, freedom, expansion, but instead you feel a sense of duty or you feel a sense of obligation, well, then you're not actually practicing the paramis. You're not becoming more liberated. So the idea is to find ways of practicing them so that they become a part of your personality and so that they, as you practice them, liberate you and open you up so that when you're giving, you're giving selflessly and out of love, not out of obligation. And if you look at these, it's very interesting because we were talking about contributions. What is your greatest contribution to the world? And this list, the paramis in Buddhism, this is a list of qualities you can develop in order to become awakened, in order to know who you are. And as you develop these, as you become a more generous person, as you become a more loving person, as you become a more truthful person, you actually become a gift, a present to anyone who's interacting with you. And you show them the way for them to go because you're not threatening to them. If you're a generous, kind, truthful soul, well then, they have no need to be threatened by you. Your interaction with them will not be one that will be closing them off, will not be one that will be sending them off into their defense mechanisms. It will be something that will help to open them up so that they become more alive, more present now in what is, in reality. And you will allow them to connect with themselves more. So by developing these qualities, these perfections, you become a contribution to anyone who interacts with you. So I guess that the conclusion to um, what is your greatest contribution to the world is the path of learning who you are and learning 
that way to become fearless and that way becoming a gift to anyone you interact with and being able to be in your joy, be present, be real and express that. That is the path of your greatest contribution. And that is also the path to freedom because as long as you are exploring this reality and identifying with whatever you're exploring, you become very predictable. You become stuck in a pattern. If you think about it, when you're growing up, very often this is a natural part of the path where at some point you will rebel against your parents and uh, you will become the revolutionary. So what you're doing is you're saying, I'm not going to be like you. I'm going to do the opposite. But of course, the opposite is within the same dimension. So instead of doing exactly what they tell you, you do exactly the opposite. This is not freedom. This is reactivity. And this is a natural way for us to explore our reality by swinging from one extreme to the next. But the path to freedom goes through stopping your identification, your serious identification with whatever it is you're exploring. Then you will become the actor who can fully experience everything they are exploring. And it can be a joyful experience. And it's meant to be a joyful experience. So in a sense, the idea is not to take your identity too seriously. Our clinging to a particular identity and taking it very seriously very often quickly spirals out into a lot of suffering. It keeps us imprisoned reactive and suffering. So not taking our identity that seriously allows us to live our life more fully and joyfully. And it allows us to get in touch with our essence and bring forth our greatest contribution to reach our highest potential. that's it for today. Thank you for listening and I'll talk to you in another podcast. Take care.